you know, sometimes it's it's not about like, can we get a bunch of people to to show up and, and listen to our message, but more so, hey, right now, like, can we just give people an opportunity to laugh? You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm today's host, Joe Delamere, and I'm super excited to speak with Michael Jackson around the art of marketing. Mike Jackson is a marketing leader with nearly 20 years of experience in a mix of B2C, B2B, and nonprofit leadership roles. His unique career path gives him a different perspective than many marketers and helps to feel his innovative approach to demand generation and brand activation. Michael, I'm really excited to chat today. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. I know our listeners are super excited to hear your take on the art of marketing. And so with that, if you're up for it, let's just jump right in. That sounds good. So can you start off by just telling us a little bit about your background and your current role within ACI? Yeah, absolutely. So listening to, to the bio there, I think, you know, like it references, I feel really fortunate to have had a, I guess you could call it less than standard um, kind of approach to, to getting to where I am now compared to a lot of my colleagues. And and the first oh, 12 plus years of my career uh, was a nonprofit uh, that actually a, a college roommate and I kind of stumbled into founding, if you will, just based on some some shared passions and and uh, had a mission to inspire, empower, and prepare youth and communities to be change agents, social leaders, and volunteers. And so helping to build that from the ground up and to be able to, you know, really have to have the grit of uh, marketing when you don't have any dollars, I think I feel so fortunate for because it really then, you know, caused me to truly think about the fundamentals of marketing before there's even you know a budget. So that was the the big chunk of my initial career, um, and then got a chance to move into helping take what was a a long thirty year plus you know family business that was in the clay world or is still in the clay world, um, and really help them bring them to the world of e commerce, open another location, build out a retail strategy, have a full distribution partner marketing network. So um, really got to help build that from from the ground up for a few years, and then went on to Regis. Corporation, which is uh, one of the largest salon and, and hair care and beauty product brands uh, based in the United States, actually Minnesota based. And some of the most well-known names with that are Supercuts and Cost Cutters and Smart Style. And so was able to really lead our, our local marketing team um, at the start and really helping with from a franchisee perspective um, and a corporate perspective, media buying, marketing buying, activations. Um, and then throughout my career there, was fortunate enough to, to move up and actually head up our brand activations and partnerships, which one of my most favorite was then uh, working with Major League Baseball. And we were the quote unquote official hair salon of Major League Baseball and 10 different teams. So I uh, got to activate there and and then um, switched a little bit and got found by a place called Entrust and moved a little bit more into the mix of B2B, B2C world and had from an identity perspective, data protection, payments, um, and, and got to build and lead a field marketing team there. Um, and really, again, taking some of those fundamental principles and turning it into um, how do you translate that a little more into the B2B world as well, which then led me now here to ACI Worldwide, where I lead uh, a global field marketing team responsible for events and activations and some of the more you know kind of stereotypical demand generation and capture efforts uh really fueling our, our pipeline and sales for the team well that's incredible so i mean you know from nonprofits to clay to mlb and now high tech I, I get the sense that you know all those kind of experiences have really helped to elevate yourself in you know the art of marketing and so i'm curious to hear your kind of two cents or take on the art of marketing and what that means to you today yeah yeah, I appreciate it. I think, you know, you can 
so often, I think we all hear this notion of, you know, the art and science and, and depending on who you ask, um, you know, folks kind of think of the, the art side of, of a little more of the, the fluff, if you will, or the, or the, pre, the prettiness, if, if you will. Um, but, you know, I really think that that almost, you know, it's it, the word art is, is a misnomer at heart where, yes, it's an art, but there's it's a scientific art, of course, like and not just from the notion of, yeah, there's data driven and what have you and, and connecting those dots, but really looking at it and thinking, you know, how are, what are you at the at the core of it? What are you trying to accomplish before you get to the brand name? Before you get to everything, right? Like there, there's a customer at heart that you're trying to tap into, right? And whether that customer is reaching into his or her wallet, personal wallet, or their own, you know, budget that they have for a job. Either way, you're trying to tap into that core. And so I think really grounding myself and continuing to ground the teams into again, ultimately, if if you aren't crafting something, whether that something is a marketing campaign, an ad, an event, something that that spurs that want for someone to reach for their, you know, their pocketbook or their, you know, their phone, if you will, their keyboard these days, their whatever it may be, you know, then then what are ultimately are you doing? And does the science and data part even, you know, matter as much? And so I think really thinking about that for me is huge. And and honestly, I feel I'm I've again, really fortunate and happy you brought me here because I think that in this day and age, with the rise of the science, which again, valuable, impactful, so necessary, I think that it's been really easy for people to, to like I said, shy away or forget that ultimately the, the art is is what it's all, you know, founded in. And that's what we're trying to measure. So, you know, probably a, maybe a longer answer than you thought. But as you can see, it's something that I, I really love talking about and, and feel really passionate about. And to your earlier point, I think that's just what's been able to get me to where I'm at today is, is really staying grounded in that. Yeah, absolutely. And let, let's double click into that. So I think, you know, you really further highlighted, I, you know, the importance of really truly understanding the customer's needs, whether you're thinking about it from the science or the art perspective. And so why do you think it's so necessary for marketers to spark those, you know, humanistic and, and emotional elements in their customers in this day and age? Yeah. Yeah, so so I would say, Joe, on that point, I often you know talk with my team and others on this notion of you know a surprise and delight, and those that you know know me and are maybe listening are probably like, oh God, of course you mentioned that, but I feel like so often to your point, because the science and we're able to you know pinpoint our targeting so much more and show up in the right places in the right time and all of these things that are valuable, I think that it's really easy, and I see a lot of marketers that then you know utilize the surprise portion, like we show up and. It's it's like, oh, great. But then it stops there and it's not paired with that delight, right? And so how do you make sure, right, to your, to your point that in this world that is so crowded, people's lives, I mean, whether you're going from, you know, from my perspective of my team now heavily from a B2B, of course, we're still going, you know, trying to get in front of the eyeballs of people that those same eyeballs are tired from all day being targeted by Amazon, Apple, you know, you name it, these large brands. And we're going for that same mind share. And so I think it's really easy to forget that ultimately we have to first spark something, some sort of, like you said, that human connection, you know, some sort of intrigue, or I often say like this breadcrumb approach of, you know, like just because we showed up at the right time. Time in the right place doesn't mean that they're hungry for what we're serving, right? And so how do we make them not only show up, but be asking, wait a second, what's your menu? How do I find out more? And I think that's the piece that we often miss. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you bring up a good point. I think it's easy to get 
you know, sometimes caught up in focusing solely on marketing externally. However, you know, as a leader of a team at ACI, how do you kind of bring the vision internally and market internally so that your team understands, you know, holistically how they fit into this bigger picture? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a great question. And I would say, you know, for, for me, the unique position and why I love field marketing, frankly, is that that fundamental that you just, you know, uh, kind of outlined is not only applicable to my team, but we've got a lot of cross-functional stakeholders that if, if, and when we do that properly, we'll see the success, right? And so first getting people to understand, I mean, to your point, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? Why? And really marketing their role, whether it's someone on the field, marketing team, sales, sales development representative, solution consultants, you name it. Again, I think it's easy for us as marketers and, and demand generators to structure our communications such as very, you know, informational heads up and here's what I need you to do as a part of this campaign. But then, like you said, we missed that portion of, right, like here, let me first get you, you know, almost kind of Lala eyed, if you will, of like, yes, I see the vision. I see the picture. I see how I fit in because then all of a sudden, not only do you generally, I find at least get a better kind of uptake and response rate from all the cross-functional stakeholders and what we need to do, but then even for those that are are doing it and, and checking the boxes and doing what we need to, to make the campaign run, we find so many more, you know, innovations or questions, or have we thought of this that we would have never thought of before because we didn't first get them inspired and in this right set of mindset before they go about the actions. And, and once we found, you know, once you crack that nut, I really think to that point, it's also unlocking, you know, the the inner marketer in so many people that might not even be in marketing that then we as marketers can take and riff off of and grow and develop. But if we don't first kind of fuel that, well, then, you know, it's never going to come, I don't think. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a really good point. I think what a lot of our listeners are thinking about today and kind of speaking of innovation is it's no secret that a lot of organizations are feeling pressure, feeling concerns about, you know, macroeconomic headwinds and trying to do things of, you know, how to do more with less while still executing against the bigger vision. And so I'm curious, how are you and your organization kind of adapting to the current economic downturn, keeping those things in mind and really making sure that you're still kind of executing against, you know, those macro goals, but maybe doing things a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, I will say, Joe, that's one of the things I feel really fortunate to to be at ACI just right now, to your point, within respect of the overall economics is it, it is a, almost a, a luxury to some degree, I will admit for our team to know that ultimately what we are providing to people is, is such a valuable resource in general, let alone when resources start to get pared down, right? And you're thinking about how do we do less with more? How can we be more efficient? How can we maximize the current things? And so to that point, you know, and what our team is doing to to cater to that is, you know, really getting back to those basics, like you said, of saying, hey, a month ago, two months ago, you name it, this may have been the core questions, challenges, et cetera, that we really felt our particular buyers are talking about around the boardroom or what have you, whatever kind of metaphor you want to use, but acknowledging that whether we want it or not, like you said, there are factors that are in people's minds that are affecting. And so how do we make sure that we speak directly to them and acknowledge that and, and truly be genuine and authentic of, listen, you know, if you're dealing with this, right, or hey, 
if you've had to downsize in this, but still need to maintain a certain level of this in this either payment avenue or fraud avenue or you name it, right? Like directly speaking to this notion of we got you, right? And that's where I say, though, I feel really fortunate that we're not saying like, oh, yeah, we, we got you like buy this handbag to help get you through it or whatever it means, you know, like I feel fortunate. It's like, no, this is genuinely something that is going to help your business either drive additional revenues or help cost costs by just maximizing ways that you maybe have historically do done things or things you haven't tried before. And so getting my team to really think about before we use, you know, the ACI name, our solution name, our product name, you name it, to again, really step back and think, what are these people? What are those questions? What's keeping them up at night? And acknowledging that although we may have spent days, weeks, whatever, fleshing out what we thought those questions were a month ago, a day ago, even to your point, there are things that can happen that can flip a lot of those or at least tweak them. And, and it's, you know, in my, in my opinion, kind of a mistake to not be very mindful of that, right? And be thinking of that as you as you continue to think about your optimization going along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, just keeping with the theme of being humanistic and having that emotional element at the center of what we're doing. Yes, absolutely. Right. Which I mean, I think to your point kind of goes back to that heart that sometimes there is able to be a humanistic connection genuinely from a from a solution like, you know, we've got that. But then also, even before that, just like, what what do people need? Right? Like that surprise and delight or, you know, sometimes it's it's not about like, can we get a bunch of people to to show up and, and listen to our message, but more so, hey, right now, like, can we just give people an opportunity to laugh or to smile or to learn that isn't even about us? And but but yet we we are providing that because we acknowledge like life is hard for everyone right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I mean, whether it's along the same vein or really in any kind of macro sense and to kind of switch gears a little bit, I'm curious, as our listeners always like to know, in your mind, are there any kind of books, blogs, newsletters, websites, or really videos that you've been engaging with or enjoying lately that you'd recommend our listeners take a take a look at? Yeah, I mean, so I think there's, you know, there's some of the the standards, if you will, I think that you maybe hear, of course, like, for example, this podcast or, you know, B2B growth or state of demand gens or some of those that you, you know, hear a lot that, you know, yes, but honestly, I think, and this goes back to, to my, you know, maybe less than standard approach or the art or what have you, but I really encourage folks that even that are in B2B, you know, more demand gen, my team included to, to listen to, to things about, you know, the B2C world, listen to podcasts that are from our, you know, some retail brands, you know, like there's some really interesting, um, I was just listening to one the other day, you know, like Best Buy has some of their executives or right, like, because I really think that for me, again, like fundamentally, just because you saw or heard of some sort of really cool activation or campaign that was for a quick service restaurant or whatever, like that that to me, if you're if you're looking at it the right way as a marketer, you can you can pull learnings and insights, and and sometimes it's good I think to step away from you know what I think is you know the more standard approach, if you will. I, I also the most recent book that I'll admit, and I thought, oh okay, when I was first given it, my wife gave it to me, and I was like, oh I'm not gonna lie, I was like, oh. Marie Kondo, I kind of remember the joy, whatever joy at work. And I thought like, all right, this maybe seems a little too fluffy for me. But honestly, it's it's been I'm just into it and just starting, but it's been a really great one so far um, to really think about, you know, how are we, you know, how are we applying those same principles? 
The other one that sounds really funny, um, and because I am a father of four, but it's a book, it was a book around like how to not raise spoiled kids. And I can give you the name, but sounds funny. Uh, you know, and you can imagine why I would have maybe first picked it up. But honestly, it, there were so many interesting things about just like prioritizing and your budgeting and your fundamentals that I honestly pulled out some things applicable to my team too of like, because I think as marketers, we've also become really spoiled. And that might just be my, you know, my growing up, if you will, in the nonprofit to my point earlier, and like, we had to get scrappy and, and go gorilla and do stuff with literally zero money at all. And now, you know, I see all these, you know, colleagues, or even myself, where it's, yeah, sure, we could always say we'd like more budget. But that's when I have to remind myself in the team of like, listen, if if every answer we have to leadership or to ourselves, or everything is we, we can't do it unless we have budget well then frankly we suck as marketers like yes it's important but like that shouldn't be the big cringe so funny connection but that book like i said i think really actually spoke to me from a marketing perspective as well yeah no i love that i think you know specifically that approach of finding learnings and taking learnings from outside that typical strike zone and really applying those tangential things to our day-to-day -day. i think that's super important i think like as the kind of digital first economy and, and markets proceed that's going to be more and more important yeah and so on that note i mean do you are there any people that you might recommend you know whether it's to try and bring them on this podcast or for our listeners to you know kind of follow and tap into are there any kind of you know maybe one to three inspirational people in maybe the b2b space that you might recommend on folks following yeah yeah so let me think of who who who's the not just maybe, you know, I'm trying to guide through who did I look at this morning in my normal because I'll give you, you know, that's part of just a little insight while I'm saying like part of also what grounds me as a marketer and to your point is like I love this my personal time like my favorite is 5am no one else is up no kids are up I've got coffee I'm out in the backyard and I just like scroll through you know the different LinkedIn feeds and you name it to, to follow folks and so um, I, I do really you know think a lot of that and Someone like super active, but I feel like, you know, they, they've been pretty impactful for, for me, but he's not a marketer, but I will say, so there's, um, and, and he's actually someone from, I'll say from ACI and it's kind of current and, you know, sounds like a cliche plug, but literally I feel like the way that his name is Basant Singh and he leads our entire merchant, you know, merchant group. And so the way, the amount of high level, you know, retailers, restaurants, et cetera, and just listening to that different take is, is really interesting to me. I've also been paying a lot of attention lately to the payments.com. Folks, again, very applicable to me um, a little bit, but that's been that's been really big. From a from a standard B two B, I mean, truly, like I said, for the last month or so, I've been trying to purposely. I know that sounds funny and it's a little counterintuitive, but purposely take a little break to make sure that I'm always, you know, double checking and and rethinking. But the couple that are you know standard on my feed are obviously you know you all and, and demand based. That that's like how I even you know found out about this, and I still listen to this on my run. So. You know, I, I would say that, you know, sorry, I'm maybe not the, the most insightful with that, but maybe, maybe, it, maybe it makes sense when you heard I have four kids. Like, does that give me a little bit of a break? I've got a <laughs> I know people talk about like mom brain, but father of four brain is a real thing too. So I'm going to claim that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we love that. And so Michael, you know, because you have such a unique perspective and bring, you know, a lot of unique insights into the B2B world, how can our listeners get in touch with you after this podcast specifically? 
Yeah, I appreciate that and, and would certainly welcome everyone. I mean, LinkedIn, as you may have heard earlier, that's part of my generally daily occurrence and very, you know, responsive to messages or posts or comments or, you know, finding my email on, on that contact if you and shoot me an email. It is mike.jackson2 at ACI Worldwide. They put that two to try and help thwart out some of those because you can imagine the name like Michael Jackson, you get all sorts of things. So, um, but definitely an open book and welcome any dialogue. I, I love chatting and meeting new people. <laughs> we love that. Well, Michael, this has been an awesome conversation. We really appreciate you, know, you making the time and joining us on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for just doing what you do as, as marketers. Like I said, I, I really believe it's, it's helpful to continue trying getting lost in the art of it. So thanks for giving us that opportunity. Wonderful. The art of marketing with Michael Jackson. We appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good one. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 